0: Welcome to another episode of the Christian Combatives Podcast. I am your host and servant in Jesus Christ, Paladin Actual. Now, if you've been following this this channel the last couple of episodes, you'll know that I've been dealing with something called the Lutheran Rosary. Now, this is something that I've heard about kind of in passing from time to time, but somewhat recently, and in fact, uh, or is it this guy right here, uh, Brother Logan is somebody that I recently had a conversation with a couple weeks ago regarding specifically this idea of a Lutheran Rosary. And I really, really wanted to drill down into it. You know, what is it? Where does it come from? Why, why Why do you use it? And why should others use it? Or would you recommend that others use it? So kind of trying to answer these questions, I found that the best way to go about doing this is by poking the hornet's nest, one might say, with a stick. Not that... The, you know, the people responding are hornets, but in the sake of, of we have a spirited conversation that is now going on about this concept of the Lutheran Rosary, whether you support it or whether you don't support it or whether you're just curious about it in general, now there's at least a conversation going on from multiple different channels and multiple different people kind of talking about it. So again, this all originally began when I talked with this guy up here, Brother Logan, on a, on a Discord server, and we had a conversation about this. Uh, and since then, I've had, um, I've had a video kind of sent to me, recorded by Pastor Connor, And, uh, and it's a wonderful video and I highly recommend that you go and you watch it. Uh, I've got a link to it in my previous two episodes on this Lutheran rosary fight, uh, and we also have this video now from uh, Brother Logan in which he talks with Amy Schneider, uh, another enthusiast for Lutheran rosaries, and they kind of discuss the Lutheran rosary. So what I'd be like to be doing today, what I'd like to do today, what is that, passive? What, <laughs> what I would like to do today is I'd like to actually go through this video of theirs. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to listen to it uh, a little bit sped up and you know, depending on what they're talking about, it may or may not actually be specifically relevant to the conversation I'm having. So if there's actual cuts in this, in this audio, in this podcast, I'm going to cut out probably good chunks of what they're saying because it is an hour long conversation. And with my interjections, it's going to be at least two or three times that long if I interject to absolutely everything. So I'm going to put a link in the video description below of where you can check out this interview in totem on brother Logan's channel. And I highly recommend that you go and do that. In the meantime, I'm going to hit play and I'm going to pause it every once in a while and interject something. And who knows, maybe every single thing that they're talking about is going to be specifically relevant to, you know, the questions that I have and what I'm trying to develop. As I hinted at in previous videos, I'm in the process of developing something and these two, well, so these two are going to, are going to hopefully help me do that. Now, they talked about a Lutheran rosary and Lutheran rosary, as as you may be aware, is very much based on something called uh, a Marian rosary. Uh, um and this is kind of the Roman Catholic uh, rosary that most people are familiar with. There's there's different types of rosaries and prayer beads and all these other things, um, but I wanted to develop something new. I said, you know what? If we're gonna if if we have needs and there are specific needs that are fulfilled by this concept of a, of a beaded rosary, why not develop something specifically to cater to those needs rather than trying to explicitly hold on to something Roman Catholic and try to Lutheranize it by putting you know a Luther seal on it. Or, or, or something like that. So what I'm going to be doing today in particular is, and what I've been doing in the past, is listening to you know, uh, the people who use the Lutheran Rosary and trying to trying to understand, okay, what is it exactly that they're trying to fulfill? What is it that they're trying to accomplish with this device? Can we make something that accomplishes that and more? Because really, we don't need to keep the Roman Catholic trappings. I'm not saying throw everything out the window. You see my Chausible and stolen stuff back there. Not everything, you know, ancient needs to go out the window, but. If we can develop something better based on what we're the use that we're getting out of this uh, this rosary concept, why not? It could be a fun exercise to give it a shot, and maybe nobody will ever use it. But just in case, I popped on down to the hobby lobby and I got myself I got myself some beads and I got myself I got myself some dog tag chain. So what I'm going to be developing, and you'll see this in a video, possibly in the future, unless God returns, um, is I'm going to develop something called a prayer chain, and I've already got an idea of kind of how this might work uh, and it should be able to fulfill everything the Lutheran rosary is designed to fulfill only better. And you don't have to look like a Roman Catholic. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but if I develop this thing and I say, Hey, why don't you try using this instead? And the only argument is, well, but it doesn't look like the Roman Catholic one. Then we, we get a clear idea of, of why you want to use one version of a, of a prayer chain or, or, excuse me, one version of a prayer rope or uh, a rosary than, than others um if this is a tool that helps people pray and and to understand uh the bible fantastic Uh, i'm all for developing new tools as well as understanding old tools that uh that have been used in the past so without further chattering without further further chattering i'm gonna hit play and let's get into it
1: hi hi how is everyone I am Brother Logan, and I want to welcome Miss Amy Schneider for coming on to my stream today uh, to discuss about the Lutheran rosary, because this is a topic that has gotten a little bit of uh, tension recently. And as well, I think it's just a good thing to sit down and discuss uh, what I talk about a lot of the time whenever I talk about the Lutheran rosary. So Amy, do you want to introduce yourself? Just give a little background why you're here.
2: Um, my name is Amy Schneider. I am a pastor's wife, among other things. I work as a substitute teacher. I have studied and prayed the rosary for about 30 years. I've prayed the Lutheran rosary for about the last 15, and I've studied extensively on the history and the impact of it, both in the Catholic and the modern force.
1: Very, very beautiful. Very beautiful. So we're, we're going to not really have a super strict form for this discussion. And like I said, it is a discussion, not an interview. So we're just going to uh, play off of each other. If anything comes to mind, feel free to bring it up. Uh, and also, if we have a little bit of time at the end, I will um, take a few questions. If you are subscribed on Patreon, I will uh, primary, I will make your questions the forefront. So one of the things I think we all have to ask before this discussion starts is, what are we even talking about? What, what is the Lutheran rosary? And I think ultimately the Lutheran rosary is just the Lutheran way of praying with beads. I mean, I think that's just the simplest form we can say. Uh, and there's different ways we can think about that. Uh, we can say we can go a little bit more Roman and cleansing the Roman rosary. Or we can make our own rosary and just completely restart from scratch. So do you want to, I think you've done a little bit more of the research on this, on what exactly the Lutheran rosary is. Do you want to expound upon that a little bit?
2: Well, the Lutheran rosary isn't just taking the Roman Catholic rosary and slapping a Luther seal on it and calling it good. The Lutheran rosary is going back to the origins of the rosary when uh, Dominic of Prussia came up with the Carthusian rosary as a way to teach people about the life of Christ in a way to uh, better catechize the laity. And he says, you need to be praying about Jesus. You don't need to be just saying these prayers. You need to have some good and godly thought processes behind it. And what Lutherans have been doing is going back to those good bones of the rosary and saying, okay, the creed is good. The creed is better than good the creed is one of the foundational tenets of our faith martin luther himself says pray it you go through the creed and you're finding tons and tons and tons of scriptural citations i mean this is just an exposition of scripture The Our father this is given to us by christ himself this is given to us by god and by the son of god the rock hard thing that beats in my chest cannot come up with a better prayer than god's own prayer uh the jesus prayer that's the publican's prayer that is the prayer of every penitent sinner and will uh, pastor will whedon has a great article on that i Lutheran witness 2020 i've got the, the notes on that the gloria Patri. glory be to the father solid theology all of these things have been expounded, or uh, rather taken, out of the Catholic rosary because they're the good bones, much like the way that our liturgy is drawn from the Catholic mass with all of the abuses of Rome removed.
1: Yeah, very very true. Like, like you said, it, it is the, the general skeleton is still there, and, and I think people get kind of scared whenever we say that we're going to keep the skeleton and not just completely throw out the, uh, the entirety of it.
0: So the question that, that I would have uh, immediately following this is, are you going back to the Carthusian, Carthusian model, or are you trying to use the Roman Catholic model? Now, you mentioned that there's things in the Roman Catholic model that are good, yes, but if by going back to the bones, are you, are you saying let's go and develop something based on the original concept that was good, or are you saying let's take the Roman Catholic concept, which had some good in it, had some good bones in it, but they put some bad meat on it, uh, let's take that and try to work with that. Again, I think, you know, if you want to go back to this idea of, of, of intentional contemplative prayer uh, and, and, and organizing it with beats and this is what it was done in the ancient church before kind of the, the Romanist um, development. I think that's fantastic, but there's no reason we have to have the starting point at the Romanist. If we're going to go back prior to the Romanist, there's, there's no reason we have to take a Roman Catholic rosary configuration and say, how do we make this work? Why don't we go back to the Carthusian, Carthusian, I keep saying that word wrong. Why don't we go back to the mo- that model first and, and work with that before it had the additional abuses pile onto it. So let's keep going.
1: Because, we, we do understand that St. That, uh, Martin Luther didn't want to just throw out everything that was and, and everything that they said. I mean, in the Book of Concord, there's many uh, saint citations. And so he found tradition and uh, keeping the good parts to be a beautiful thing and very edifying for people. So I think, I think it's part of our Lutheran identity to understand that it's okay to keep the good things and it's okay to weed out the bad. Um, as, as for that, is there a general history of like, you gave a little bit about Dominic. Now, there is uh, an association with the Mirian apparition. And so with the Marian apparition, I see you kind of getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the Marian apparition, the, the Our Lady of the Rosary. Um, we, we, we hear this story, and it's like Mary came, gave these promises to to Saint Dominic. You know, these promises that are, I would say, blatantly blasphemous, right? Uh, uh you know, whoever faithfully prays the Rosary, uh, will will be safe in the fires of hell. They'll they'll uh, you know, all of these. I, I don't even have them up. I, I could probably pull them up in a second, but but these blatantly blasphemous mysteries. And so we have we have this now. Is that most people think? Oh, that's where the Rosary started. That's that's the pinnacle point. There was no such thing as as the five decade Rosary before Mary came and appeared to Dominic. Now. I'm not too sure about that one. <laughs> uh, do, do, you wanna, do you wanna give a few, few thoughts oh, yeah. on
2: that? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start out with a shout out, this wonderful book, Stories of the Rose, uh, written by Anne Winston Allen, because this actually talks about the history. This went back to the original source documents. This, I mean, I don't know if she speaks German or if she used a translator, but she went there, she read them, she read the translations, she evaluated everything. So History of the Rose, I'm gonna try to be as brief with this as possible, it's so long the rosary starts long, long 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 time ago with the desert fathers and the mothers with the christian mystics who went and they decided to go contemplate away from society for whatever reason but they're praying the 150 Psalms. they're praying them again and again and again they say well they started out with pebbles in a bag then eventually beads on a string the monastic life being so utterly exalted by the magisterium seems very um very good and godly for uh, the laity to emulate so they wanted to do that but they're illiterate they are poor so they can neither read nor have access to song books or psalm books or summaries or anything like that so they said well pray the our father it's jesus own prayer pray that 150 times we will count it as your virtue tally just as good as what the monks do and then over the years it changes it goes from the our father down to the hail mary and i can't find a why i've been looking for it you can't find anybody saying why it was probably simplicity probably just fragmented but anyway fast forward in time all the way to the later part of the 16th 15th century early 16th century this is when it gets good this is dominic of Prussia. he is a carthusian monk he says the laity are, are ignorant and the laity do not understand the treasure that they have in christ and they're doing these vain repetitions and they are putting their faith in their work, in their work's righteousness, instead of learning about what Christ has done for us. So let's take these 150 beads that we have, and let's put a meditation on each of them from the life of Christ, so you can understand the work that has been done for you. And, well, once again, same problem. They're illiterate. They, they're poor, so they can't afford books, because books are handwritten, and they're very expensive. So it really never caught on. Flash forward about 50 years to Blessed Alanus De La Roche, or Alan uh, de Rupe, I think is the alternate name. He is known in history, in popularized Catholic history, as a very very holy guy, and I'm sure he was. He was also known, in the writings of the diaries of his fellow brothers, as something of a histrionic. He says, since the 150 mysteries are too hard, we're going to distill them down to 15 core mysteries, incorporating some some of those Marian dogmas, and I think those were in the Carthusian rosary as well, if I remember. But we're going to distill it down to 15, and we're going to have those repetitious prayers so that you can have something to do with your body while your brain is doing this holy exercise.
0: So this is this is the part that I've kind of brought up before. Is is that you know is. Um... And I think uh Pastor Connor talked about this as he talked about well, I don't think he used the phrase posture of prayer, but that's a, a phrase that we might use. Is that you involve your body in prayer as well because your body and spirit, your spirit is praying, but you're also you can physically pray out loud and you can physically fold your hands or you know, do something with beads or something like that. Um and and, and involving the physicality with the spirituality can assist in in your prayer life. Um I I still I still disagree that kind of splitting your mind because uh, again if you're supposed to be contemplating contemplating involves actively thinking about something actively thinking about something now if you can multitask that's fantastic but when you're trying to try to actively think about something and actively say something completely different is it easier to think about thing a while you're repeating thing b or is it easier to combine them together. So if you're if you're for example if you're saying the Lord's prayer out loud, it's easier for you to contemplate the Lord's prayer. But if you're saying the Lord's prayer out loud again and again and again, it's harder for you to contemplate um you know the the uh, the incarnation, the you know the the annunciation, something like that. So in such a case it's kind of pulling your mind in two different directions because you're again there's there's only so much your brain can do at a time. Now you can multitask absolutely. But in terms of kind of articulated thought in terms of, of, of speech and, and things, you know, uh, words that you're thinking about stories that you're thinking about, for example, that, that occupies the same sort of area of, of your brain. Um, so one of the, uh, let me see, I'm making notes here for, for things that are useful. And, and I, I picked up on another good point here, um, that I think would be useful is, and this is the same thing that we do with a lot of icons is, um, there are some people who can't read whether they're children or whether they don't understand the language or for whatever reason. A lot of times, having an image of something helps you remember it. So, what uh, Amy Schneider is describing is is kind of this idea of of simplifying it, of simplifying a a, a story. So, if you're contemplating a mystery, for example, uh, if I tell you, um, think about think about David and Goliath. Now I haven't told you the entire story of David and Goliath, but if you're familiar with the story, just having that kind of reminder of David and Goliath quote unquote or looking at a picture, a depiction of David and Goliath allows you to contemplate on that story so I'm going to add this to another list of things that um that the uh, prayer chain that I'm developing excuse me that I'm developing could possibly assist with is let me see I want to say icon icon based or image based um Image, image-based image contemplation of mysteries. Imagine, for example, you had a bead that had a depiction of, let's say, a sling on it. And you're like, yeah, a sling and a stone. David and Goliath, there we go. Now, I don't have to write the entire story on the bead, but if you had an individual bead that had an image on it that that made, you, uh, made it easier for you to contemplate these things, I think that might be a benefit, don't you? Let's, uh, let's let her keep going.
2: And there were a lot of different variations of the rosary at the time. And the way that Ellenus won the argument was, oh, hey, I had a vision of the Virgin Mary. And she told me that St. Dominic, (laughs) now let's be honest here, he's talking about St. Dominic de Guzman and not St. Dominic of Prussia. St. Dominic also had a vision of Mary. And she came to him and she helped him convert the Albigensians. A little bit of ignorance of history there. The Albigensians were wiped out by the Pope's troops going in, but no, they were actually converted by the rosary, which was never recorded by Dominic de Guzman. And in all of his writings, no mention of it. And they say that's because the devil hated the rosary so much. He burned all the proof (laughs) that he came up with it long story yeah. short
1: <laughs> yeah yeah very very long story kind of summed up and it's, it's kind of funny because i honestly and this is <laughs> this is like there, there's no way to, to identify and there's little to no evidence that this event actually happened um that, that this event that mary appeared to dominic actually happened so what we can understand about the, the rosary in general is that it was an evolution of time mm-hmm. and it was made this, by men yeah yeah and this is this is all in the west and whilst the west was, was doing their thing the east also had a tradition of praying with ropes and they had the, the, the orthodox prayer rope or the or the chotki um yeah, and so and so they had a tradition of praying with ropes, um, slightly less Mirian, uh, but there are a few that you can find that are slightly Mirian. Uh, I think I think the one I think the one that you can find is uh, interlaced between the, the Jesus prayers. It's uh, Theotokos save us, which is part of the Orthodox vespers. Um, and so there's there is this sense of like, hey, this was a good practice, and then it, they expound upon this good practice, but then adding a little bit of bad practice within it, and then even more, even more, even more. So it's not like we have no rosary and then rosary and then Rome takes takes off with it. It, it is a a uh, a kind of timeline of of doctrine around it, and so.
0: So, with this again, I'd like to point out something that he's pointing out, and that had been pointed out by by everybody I've had this conversation with so far, um, is that this means that this means the development of of using prayer beads or prayer knots is not. There's no reason we have to go back to the Roman version. There's no reason we have to go to the to the Western Marian uh, rosary style. This means that historically, this practice of developing beads and, and 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 chains and prayers and stuff, yeah, and ropes and stuff like that. This means that this is entirely, I mean, based on what are you going to use it for? So we don't have to rely on, well, we've only got these Roman Catholic rosaries lying around. How do we, you know, put Lutheran prayers and, you know, take out the second half of the Hail Mary? And, you know, how do we adjust the Roman Catholic version uh, to be palatable? A better approach perhaps might be, how do we make something better? Because that is the tradition. As, As they're talking about, the tradition is making a prayer chain, making a... Uh, prayer knots, prayer rope, uh, rosary, making making pebbles in a <laughs> pebbles in a purse, pebbles in a pocket, making something that fits as a tool for your prayer need. This isn't a, a holy thing that you know uh, people complained in the past because I was holding the rosary wrong or something like that. I'm like, no, you're holding the pebbles in the pouch wrong. No, I'm just using them to count which psalm I'm on or whatever. You know, this is a tool. So I think they're right, and I think again, this is. This is incentive to say, well, we don't need to keep the the Roman Catholic version of the Rosary and just put different prayers on the beads. Let's come up with something better. And you know, I will put my money where my my money where my mouth is. And Hobby Lobby, thankfully, they had a sale, so we'll see how that turns out. Now you guys could you you're you maybe you'll hate what I, I I produce, but I do make it with love.
1: What, what's funny about this is, is, since we're talking about the history, what's funny is papal approval isn't very clear until the Council of Trent, or or at least post Council of Trent. Yeah. And that's whenever they, they start to add the intercessory prayer to mary the uh uh the pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death the uh, mm-hmm. holy mary mother of god pray for sinners now at the hour of our death before then it's pretty well known that that it was just quoting from scripture just the south yeah. the angelic salutation hail mary full of grace lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So the first part is the angelic salutation and there's just saint elizabeth saying yeah mary you're the bearer of god but if we look at pope pius v and i actually brought this up pope pius v seems to agree that, that that mary appeared to dominic which i mean why wouldn't you i mean you're the pope and you love mary yeah. uh <laughs> and so and so that's whenever he says hey hey, we're going to give you some indulgences for this one, chief. We're going to give you some indulgences, some, some indults, you know. Uh, and, so, and so he, he, he explicitly states that, that there are going to be indulgences. Now, they were kind of like thought of like, oh, if I pray this, I get an indulgence. But it wasn't papally approved until 1569 in, in Pope Pius V's call to prayer, which is well, post-Council Trent.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. In every rosary book that came out, these authors were throwing out, oh, you get 10,000 years off of purgatory from this. Oh, you get 5,000 <laughs> years if you do this. And part of the impetus from that is actually coming from a good heart because they were trying to inspire the people to pray, to waste their time that could be spent doing other things and saying yeah. this prayer instead. But it was a bad motivation.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like uh kind of like what what you said whenever whenever they uh they, they said that that this came from Mary. It's like it's like it's good to to tell people to pray, but to make up a story about Mary giving this and, and freeing the people because yeah. of this prayer, okay, we have a good motivation with a bad outcome.
0: <laughs> this was I mean, what they're talking about the history here is fascinating. Uh, this is actually similar to the idea of of the kind of workspace righteousness, the, the semi-Pelagian aspect of, of of Rome during Luther's time, is the idea is that if people are saved by grace alone, then they're going to stop following the Ten Commandments. So we have to make them terrified of Christ. He's this, you know, Jesus is sitting on a, on a rainbow throwing, you know, lightning bolts at sinners. We have to make them so terrified of Christ that they're going to go to church every, you know, go to mass whenever, whenever it's available, um, even if they can't understand the language, even if they can't understand the mass, they're going to do good works because if they don't, Dun dun dun! You know, and so so, there is there is a I hate using the word pious. There is a pious desire to have people avoid sin, but the way they go about it is by. Preaching falsehood to get people to try to avoid the sin, rather than preaching the gospel and then command, you know, the third use of the law afterwards. Likewise, with this sort of um, the Marian apparition and with the uh, with the the indulgences connected to the the prayers. Again, the idea being that you know there should be honor given to to, to Mary, the mother of God, uh, and at the same time there is there is benefit from praying often and regularly. But the way you go about it is not by deceiving people to trick them. You know, well, they're going to benefit from <laughs> they're going to benefit from from going to mass. So I'm going to tell them they're going to go to hell if they don't go to mass. It's like, whoa, whoa, hey, you know, the ends do not justify the means in Christianity. You don't lie to get people in church. <coughs> Contemporary worship. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a similar it's a similar concept. I I'm just fascinated by 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 the overlap, the historical overlap, in those two in those two kind of things. The the way the the, the rosary was abused uh, historically in in this time. And at the same time, they were doing the same thing with, you know, salvation by grace alone. Um, they're trying to get people to behave. They're trying to get people to pray. They're trying to get people to go to mass and they're not going about it the right way. So let's keep going.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, you're doing the right things for the wrong reasons. I, I always like to yep. tell my, my kids when I'm in the classroom, if you have to lie to prove your point, you have proved the opposite point. You have proved mm-hmm. that you have no point. You've undermined everything.
0: Wow. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> same, same br- uh, brain wavelength. Uh, me and Mrs. Ch- Mrs. Schneider.
1: i very, very true, very true. So a little bit of the history on the layout. So this seems to be a, a hot button issue. What, why the layout, you know, why, why do we have this? Is it for Roman penance? Is it for Roman penance? And as I just said, the papal the approval papal of this wasn't even a thing until post-Council Trent. And so the rosary, as we've said, was a thing from, you know, the 1200s at least. And so is this just for papal penance or is there a deeper meaning behind the five decades, 10 beads and three opening beads and et cetera, et cetera?
2: Okay, so what we have is the modern rosary here, the 53 so-called Aves, because they were used for the Hail Mary, the sixth paternoster, which is Latin for our father. This is actually called a chaplet, where it used to be called a third before the Luminous Mysteries were added. It was for the 150, be- 150 beads to help count the 150 psalms. People have a tendency to get distracted. And pragmatism took over at some point, and they broke it up into tens. Why tens? Why tens? Well, you can talk about the, um, the Ten Commandments. You can mm-hmm. talk about other tens in Scripture. Or you can say, oh, golly, I've got ten fingers. Is it providence? <laughs> so it was broken up. And another thing that does this, pragmatically speaking, is it makes it approachable. Yeah. People, adults now, have an attention span of less than eight minutes. Yeah. I mean, and originally it was just this body of it. This tail was added, I think, between the 16th and the 17th century. And those three beads that people get so hung up on—why like three? Why like three? Why like three? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Holy, <laughs> holy, holy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I, I, like
1: say, I like to say uh, it represents. It can represent what Rome says it represents, which isn't bad. I mean, faith ultimately, a, yeah, faith, hope, and charity. Or if you, if you're Lutheran, that that, that tends to side with with Augsburg Confession or, or the Apology. I can't remember where, where it says three sacraments. It can mm-hmm. mean the three sacraments: so baptism, uh, confession, and the Lord's Supper. So three beads can mean a lot, and three is a good uh, a good uh, number in in scripture.
0: Okay, well, so I'm gonna am gonna stop him right there. Yeah, three three can mean a lot. Ratio, tentatio, meditatio. It can. There's lots of things that are divided into threes. Lots of things in the Bible are twelve or forty or ten or six or seven or eight or, you know, or ten. I said ten twice. Um, or 144,000. Uh, it can mean a lot. So the question is, what what specifically are you using it for? So if you are using this configuration of beads for for rosary. What is it teaching you? Because just saying, oh, it represents something, that doesn't mean anything. Does it re- I mean, if you're just arbitrarily assigning a meaning to it, you're saying, well, arbitrarily it represents Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, okay, what is that? What is that? how does that impact you? What does that exactly do? What does that exactly mean to you? Now, if you're saying, okay, well, the reason I have three beads here is because the first bead is for me to contemplate, for example, the first article of the Creed, second article of the Creed, and the third article of the Creed, or the first, second, and third use of the law, or whatever. But you have to be specific. You can't just say, well, it can mean whatever. If you're going to use a tool like this, you have to be specific about it. You have to say, look, this represents, you know, this thing. And I will remember that it rep- represents this thing. If you're just saying, well, three is a great number, it can represent all kinds of things. Then if it represents everything, it represents nothing. Like, be, be again, and, and I've said this in previous videos, the Christian life is specific and it's intentional. And, and this is um, part of that. Let's keep going.
1: Three is a great number that, that we it's know. It's loaded. It's great. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just fantastic. And so three beads is, I mean, it can mean a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, not to, not to cut you off there, but uh, no. within that, it, it's like, it's like all right, so we know, A, especially for the Lutheran rosary, the reason why I kept this, because I, I make rosaries. I, I know how to make rosaries. I made this one. I made, I've made a many, and I've, I've sent them off, and I'll share a few pictures of a few. I can I can make a, uh, I can think up of something that I can make up, and uh, I actually had one that I did think up uh, and, and made my own rhetoric and made my own everything. But then I was like, okay, which rosary is so prominently made, and which one does everyone have access to? Well, you can get them for free. It's the five-decade rosary. It's the five-decade rosary with these introductions. So, okay, let's walk through this. We know that, that the rosary is a good practice, and it was a good practice. And over time, it has changed into a bad practice. And the number of beads were never used for penance as for uh, until, I mean, until what? The, the, the 16th century or 15th century? And so... and the, so the penance
2: was imposed on them. That was never supposed to be part of the practice. Prayer isn't supposed yeah. to be a punishment. It's supposed to be a catechism.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so this was meant for catechesis. And so it is a practice. So we can use the one that is readily available, and I have mine's all jumbled up now. But we can use one that's that's readily available to everyone. Now there are other ones, like uh, Anglican prayer beads, and I know a few people in my comments. I see a few that I've sent Anglican prayer beads to, um, who, who are probably going to get excited. This is beautiful. I love this. It's it's seven seven beads instead of ten, representing the the number seven, which is, again, full of seven days of the
2: week, seven days in creation,
1: fully full of theological uh, meaning. There's four cruciform beads, which can mean the cross. So one, two, three, four, and there in total there's thirty two beads, meaning the thirty two years of Christ's life, yep. and so. There there are different versions, and I'd like to say yes, you can pray the Lutheran Rosary on this. I mean, instead of ten, you can do you can do seven and and get the mysteries out of them. But the problem here, when was the last time you saw one of these <laughs> in a in a in a store? When was the last time you saw an Anglican prayer bead set uh, that a was was like this, built like this, and you can pray with for years? And B, who is going to look, go and look for one of these <laughs> as a, as a Lutheran? So
0: this uh, this. If Lutherans develop their own sort of, I mean, again, if you've got this example, you've got the Anglican, the Anglican beads, and you've got the the Roman Catholic configuration of beads, and, and these other, and the Eastern Orthodox, they've got their configuration, their uh, knots on the rope. Um, if you have got all these configurations and stuff like that, what's preventing, what's preventing somebody who's really passionate about this thing, Brother, Lo, uh, Brother Logan or uh, Mrs. Schneider, and I don't know, I mean, he, Brother Logan says he's uh, he he makes these. If you come up with a better system, what's preventing you from getting this out to as many people as possible? I mean, the fact of the matter is, this had to start somewhere. And yeah, Rome's got this big, um, this big bead mill. <laughs> it's got a big. It's a big machine. It can make lots and lots and lots of rosaries for free. But if this is something that you're really passionate about, develop something better and make it as readily available. Whether so, in my case, the thing that I'm working on. I'm trying to design it so you can make your own and customize your own, and it's going to cost you barely anything. And if you know, for the for the, the amount of supplies that I bought for this, I could make a few of them. So it could cost you know a, a buck a, a buck per you know <laughs> prayer chain or, or or whatever. And if I can do it with Hobby Lobby, somebody who's really passionate about beadwork or some sort of uh, physical or artistic design, I'm sure they could come up with something much better and much more. What with um, widespread in availability. Anyways, I'll let him continue.
1: As well, the problem I see arise is ex Romans. An ex Roman is going to have one of these. They're going to have one of these. I mean, they, the okay. the 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 prayer of the Roman Church. Sadly, uh, instead of matins and vespers and the liturgy of the hours, it seems like a lot more Romans know how to pray the rosary
0: than uh, the Roman rosary, rather than the liturgy of the hours, which is the liturgy. Of the hours. So this is um not the liturgy of the hours, but this is actually not necessarily a positive point because if, if if we agree that the roman catholic abuses were added to the rosary the fact that they still can they still carry their exact same rosary I, it's going to be a temptation i think to to go back to that same thing so having having an icon is not necessarily a problem having even a statue of Mary isn't necessarily a problem. But if the reason you had that statue of Mary in the first place is because of sinful, sinful reasons, continuing to have that statue of Mary again, and it's not a benefit. It's not a benefit to kind of whitewash over the, the sinful uses of it. It might actually be more difficult for you to break away from the bad practices. If you carry with you, if you continue to carry the same thing that you were doing the bad practices with. So yeah. Anyways, two cents. That was just
1: fantastic. Um, but they seem to know how to pray the rosary. So they're going to have a rosary. And so ultimately <laughs> these beads are what is readily available and what is, and this is the best way we can make the prayers that are very edifying and have been edifying for years. This is the best way that we can apply them to devotional practices.
2: I like what a lot of the modern Roman uh, rosary apologists say. This is the gospel on a string. And when you're praying it as it was made to be prayed, when you're praying scripture with it and meditating on scripture with it, you are spending time in the life of Christ. That's Great. never a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I, and I think the Lutheran Rosary kind of takes that sentiment and amplifies it because the Roman Rosary, uh, even like, like, let's say, the, let's take the pre Trent Hail Mary in an in account uh, instead of the post Trent, because we can get into an argument about if we should invoke Mary 53 times, right? What, or invoke her at all. <laughs> and so, and so, but, but let's take this. We have this, this prayer, the pre Concert Hail Mary, and I think there was a response video to, to, uh, at the Reverend Hal, um, that, that said this. And we have this prayer, the pre Concert Hail Mary, that is not bad. It's just quoting scripture, but it isn't strictly Christ, Christocentric. And so we replace it and, and go back to one of the original prayers, meaning the Jesus prayer. And I would say the Lutheran rosary is the most Christocentric way of praying uh, on prayer beads that you can get, because all of the mysteries are now Christ-centered instead of the two glorious mysteries being about mm-hmm. Mary. It is truly about Christ and how Christ has given these gifts, meaning the communion of saints and the uh, new heavenly Jerusalem. All The only reason we have that is because of Christ. Um, and all the prayers are Christocentric. Uh, the I on, on my rhetoric that I've made, and I, we can address that, that there's different rhetorics. Um, it's not so institutionalized. On my rhetoric that, that I've made, the, the ending prayer instead of the Hail Holy Queen, which I think is blasphemous, um, oh, yeah. instead of the Hail Holy Queen, we have the... Uh, we have a, another hymn, which is praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise him all creatures here below, praise him above ye heavenly hosts, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so, I, you know, there, there is a Christocentric aspect to the, the rosary that, that, that the Lutherans uh, have made. And there's different rhetorics, as I said. And I think the, the Lutheran rosary is the purest form of saying we are meditating on Christ and Christ alone.
2: I would have to agree with that. And that's been my experience over the past 15 years. I wouldn't have kept doing it if I couldn't in good conscience say that. Shortly after I got married to my wonderful husband, who is also a wonderful pastor, he sees me doing this thing. I am praying these beads with him seated right there. I am praying in front of not only my husband, but my pastor. I am praying things that I in good conscience can pray. And he asked me some questions. And he had a couple of preconceived notions. And we've talked about it over the years. And he knows when I'm back there praying. You know, if he needs to interrupt me, he can. Okay, oh, hey, I've got my place kept. <laughs> but he knows that's also my devotion with God, that I'm in the word, that that's something important, that that's something good and winsome, and that I have deepened my faith in that practice. Not oh, yeah. not not just the practice itself, but deepened my faith because of doing this.
0: Yeah. Uh, something okay. that I would I would emphasize and really point out here what Mrs. Schneider is 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 talking about and what Brother Logan is mentioning as well is this concept of meditating on the mysteries and I said in another video is it, if you want to call mysteries bible stories that's fine it's basically it's it's the same thing it's the idea that you're not just you're not just praying but you're also it's not that you're in in prayer you give and receive and prayer is is more explicitly about you giving to God um and you're you know you're told to pray and it's a benefit to pray but when you're reading scripture when you're pondering Scripture—that's more about God's gift to you. I mean, again, God desires that you, that you sacrifice some of your time, and in the sacrifice of your time, and your energy is spent in doing things like uh, reading Scripture. But it is more of an explicit benefit to you. So the problem is not what they're what they're talking about, not what they're doing. But the problem is those who would take the rosary in Roman Catholic or other traditions, and they're just yada yada yaddying their way through. You know, how many, <laughs> how fast can you say the Hail Mary? How fast can you say, you know, 10 Our Fathers or whatever? And you just zip through it as quickly as possible. Or you spend a lot of time just repeating repeating them as slowly as possible, whatever. But you don't actually spend any time meditating on on the things that God has given you in Scripture, meditating on the, on the, on the Bible stories and what they mean and how, how valuable they are and how they apply to your life. So what they're suggesting, what they're talking about would be a better use of, of of the rosary than just counting the repetitions of prayers, um, and so this is so this is another note. And I've already well, I'll, I'll, I'll write it again. I'm making sticky notes for things that that should be required if we were to develop our own uh, Lutheran prayer chain. And one of them is a heavy emphasis, a heavy emphasis, not excluding prayer, but a heavy emphasis on meditation on um, uh, meditation on God's word. So meditation on God's word. How do we get as much of that imp- as possible in it? And whereas, you know, one practice the, that they talked about was this idea of, well, you've got a, a mystery that you meditate on, and then as you're meditating on the mystery, you repeat, um, you have the repetition of prayers. I think it might be more beneficial. I, I might be able to come up with a more beneficial system in which rather than the repetition of prayers, each little bead represents, I don't know, something like a Bible story, a word of Christ on the cross, um... I was going to say you could meditate on on each of the on, on each of the 12 uh, the 12 apostles and 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 but I don't think that people know that you know and how God worked through their life and what they what they did to further the church not that you're you know taking glory away from God but you're giving it to them uh, giving it to God through through your meditation on what he did through his his faithful followers but I don't think most people remember all <laughs> the uh, remember the 12 or the or the 13 um so yeah, anyways, let's, let's keep going. Um, love the emphasis on meditation on, on God's word. Keep going. I, I, I know
1: a bunch more people who have the same story. Uh, I'm going to share a few here. Um, so so oh, I shared yeah. my, my audio Lutheran rosary with, with this one person, and I'm going to keep them anonymous for, for their sake. Uh, and I shared it, and they said, you don't know how much of a blessing this is. I'm definitely using this and sharing it. So they were wanting a way to pray alongside with someone uh, yeah. and using something physical and tangible to pray the mysteries of the gospel and to focus on the, the aspect of Christ uh, coming and dying and rising for us. Same thing with this person. Uh, same here for me. I don't need a rosary to pray. I don't need to follow the guidelines for the different mysteries for different days. It perfectly said. You don't need yep. to do this. I think this is like the, you're not a worse Christian for not praying the Lutheran rosary. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, it's a voluntary practice. It's something that some people find edifying, but they shouldn't be vilified for.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: so re- remember, my question throughout this was never, and and this has never been the contention either from the the the, the, the pro the pro rosary crowd or the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the beta class like myself, um, it was never the contention that you go to hell for praying the rosary or that you go to hell for not praying the rosary. Obviously, neither of us has accused the other side of that sort of thing. My constant question through this has been why? What specific benefits has it it given you? And I have gotten answers to some of these questions so far, which has been wonderful, Um, and I continue to get answers, and so I continue to ask that question of why. Why specifically do this thing? What is it specifically about these beads that that allows you... um, Better ability to focus on prayer, fo- focus on the mysteries of God, um, focus on the Creed, focus on these on these different things. What what is it specifically about this? And if there is a specific benefit that we can replicate with these beads, and we can't replicate other ways as easily, how do we how do we emphasize that benefit as much as possible? How do we capitalize on that? How do we make it the most beneficial thing that you have um, in, in, in accomplishing that that goal? Anyways, I'm gonna unpause
1: sometimes when I pray, I want to meditate on the gospel and parts of Jesus' life. The rosary helps a lot, particularly on days when I'm feeling very unfocused.
0: And and that's beautiful, because
1: whenever we're feeling unfocused, we have not only a tangible outcome, but we have prayers that that are historical, scriptural, and are edifying, and we have a tangible way of keeping ourselves grounded and keeping ourselves tracked. And I want to segue into a little bit of what what does the rosary beads entail? So there's there's a little bit of a critique from a few people that are saying, why if it is just focusing on the mysteries, why only give 10 Jesus prayers to focus on the mysteries? And why, uh, why not just say the, the, the Jesus prayer over and over until you meditate on the mystery enough? So a okay. few things here. Uh, I would say first, A, I've already stated that, that these beads are, <laughs> are, are are what is readily available. And I, I mean, I could make an 100-bead rosary uh, for each decade. 100 beads for each decade. There'll be 500 beads. I could. I have enough beads. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, how many people can, A, afford <laughs> a 100-bead yeah. rosary? And B, what does the meaning of 10 mean in biblical scripture and the meaning of 5? Uh, of because there's five, five groups
0: of mysteries. So I have a few key- what is the meaning of ten repetitions of a prayer mean? Because just ten and five are not magic numbers. Neither is three, seven, forty, or twelve. It's just, just doing something ten or five times. There's no, there's no spiritual benefit to that. You say, oh, I did it ten times. Well, who cares? <laughs> God doesn't care. I mean, it doesn't benefit you. There's nothing in your brain that, that, that clicks on at ten times. You can say, well, ten is a holy number. Well, yada yada. That's not. <laughs> that's not really answering the question. The, the question is, what specific benefit? Is this repetition the specific repetition, uh, this number of times doing? So
1: let's keep going. Few few references here for numerology. Uh, let me get them. Numerology. Uh, I believe it's numerology. Maybe I might be saying that wrong and butchering numerology. it. Numerology. But right. uh, the study well, of number
2: usage. It's numerology, but numerology, numerology kind of divorces it from the math. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I kind of
1: want to do that. I kind of like it. Hold on. Uh, but the biblical meaning of numbers, and we can tell that there are biblical meaning of numbers. Seven is, is a well known one. Uh, in the New Age sense, it's like angel numbers, but in, in the biblical sense, it is seven days. Uh, Christ. I mean Christ. I mean Christ made the earth. Hey, I can say that. Uh, yeah. Christ made he the is, earth. He is the performative
2: uh, word of God. Nothing was made that was not made from.
1: Yeah, John 1. Uh, <laughs> there's there's in Revelation seven is all throughout.
2: And okay. so and and I know I kind of
1: want to do that. I kinda like it. Hold on. Uh, but the biblical meaning of numbers, and we can tell that there are biblical meaning of numbers. Seven is is a well-known one. Uh in the New Age sense, it's like angel numbers, but in, in the biblical sense it is seven days. Uh Christ, I mean Christ, I mean Christ made the earth. Hey. I,
0: there there are numbers that are repeated throughout scripture and usually the the reason that they're repeated throughout scripture is not because the numbers themselves have specific meaning but because they're tying different events together so for example the seven days of creation correspond to the uh to the passion death and resurrection of Christ the, you know, the seventh day he rested and then on the eighth day on the on the, that's when the new new life began you could say the eighth day is you know that's resurrection that's the day after god rested that's the day after the circumcision uh when you know the when the Children of of Israel were were now members of this new covenant. Um, uh, The six days when man was created. Um, Three represents the, you know, it can be tied to the Trinity. Uh, Seven can be tied to perfection, things like that. But it's not that the numbers themselves are special or magical or whatever, that we say, oh, we'll just stamp a 10 on it, and that makes it more pious or more holy. No, it's that these things are connected. The reason these numbers are used over and over in the Bible is to connect things. 12 tribes are connected to the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles, the 12, even though, you know, there's not always exactly 12 of them. Um, at, with, same with uh, the tribes in the Old Testament, 40 days, for you know, uh, 40 days and 40 nights uh, of tribulation in, uh, in Noah's Ark, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 days of testing in the wilderness for Jesus. That 40 is connecting all of these different events together. So it's not that these numbers in and of themselves are, are, are special or have special meaning themselves. But they're special in that they connect special events together. That number is found here, and that number is found here. Are these two events connected to, to one another? So this is, um, I'm not sure if he's going to get into that or not. I haven't seen this far in the video yet. Um, but that would immediately be my my caution of um, just picking out numbers and saying these are magic numbers, or these are holy numbers, or these are biblically significant numbers, like yeah, I mean I guess they're biblically significant in that they tie together two biblically significant things. <laughs> I say <that>. Uh yeah. <laughs> Christ made he the is, earth he is
2: the uh, word of God, nothing was made that was not made through
0: him. Yeah, John 1. Uh,
1: <laughs> God made the earth in seven days. Uh there's there's in Revelation seven is all throughout. And oh, no. so and, and six is the number of man, that's why we have the, the the mark of the beast is six six six, you know, five. Actually, let's look at five. So five. Uh, means, <laughs> there, there's five, for, for anybody who's wondering, there are five, these things called, dec- so decades are just groups of 10, and there are five mysteries within those decades, so today is Friday, uh, thank God, I think we're all ready for the weekend, today is Friday, and so today would be the sorrowful mysteries, and so the first sorrowful mystery is the agony in the garden, meaning the agony that Christ felt uh, within the garden leading up to his crucifixion, and so this is one of the five mysteries, so you would pray 10 Jesus prayers while meditating, go so on and so forth, and you can find it within my Lutheran rosary uh, explanation, um, but so the number five symbolizes God's grace, goodness, and favor towards humans. And this is a beautiful thing to show. And as well, within the within the rosary, current layout, there's mm. five. And then if you notice, it leads back to this tale, and it all leads back to Christ. And as well, whenever you start praying, you start at the crucifix. So everything starts with Christ and ends with Christ. I'll
2: and and the Omega, go figure. <laughs>
1: who would have thunk? And so, and so within that, five symbolizes that the start of grace is Christ and the end of grace is Christ. And so I, I think five is a beautiful number, and that's why we keep the five decades. As for 10, 10 Jesus prayers for meditating on the mysteries, there is a, a numerical meaning uh, for this. And so... Uh, its original meaning. Some believe ten indicates union or collection. In, Jude- in Judaism, the rabbis regard the number at ten as a cohesive system of similar parts that combine to create something whole. This belief is why rabbis regard ten as meaning holiness. So we can understand that ten means something collected together for something whole, and that makes sense because there's five decades. Each decade is made out of ten, and so each part of these mysteries means the entire gospel. And so that's one reason we have ten. Another reason I would say is because. So
0: again, you have to be specific. You have to be intentional. Just saying, well, ten can be can mean you know. 10 can mean all kinds of good things. Five can mean good things and seven can mean good things and et cetera. But, but no, no, you have to be intentional. You have to say, this is why we have 10. This is what the 10 means to me. This is what, you know, each of these is one of the 10 commandments, the, the the Decalogue or whatever. This is what this this absolutely means to me. You have to be specific. If you're just too general about these things, then they don't really mean anything. You're like, well, it could mean, it could mean, it could mean, yeah, but what does it mean? That's the question: Is what does it mean? What are you intentionally, specifically confessing with this configuration, with this number? And again, this is something that I hope to fix in my prayer chain idea: is that if you're gonna if you're gonna group things into, you know, ten, make them represent the Ten Commandments. Like write, you know, each of the Ten Commandments on, uh, on each of the beads or whatever. Don't just say, well, it, it, ten could mean this or that or this other thing, or it's special because the Hebrews thought that it meant. Unity or full circle or whatever. Oh, let's keep going.
1: Ten seems to be a good number for a lot of people to kind of 10, ten <laughs> fingers, ten fingers. We have ten toes. I mean, you can do the rest on your toes, I guess. Uh, so ten seems to be a good number for readily available. Oh, uh, 10 is a very good number. Or five <laughs> yeah, and five. five, so on, so forth. But as well, it seems like ten is a good number to meditate on something. You, you do
0: something ten times while thinking of something, you're going. To, you're going to 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 know what you're doing. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. What, uh, Yeah, but if you. Meditate on something twenty times, you'll know it even better. you meditate on it a thousand times, you'll know it even better than that. So, I, I don't. This this part feels like one of the weaker parts. you just try to. It's kind of like a stretch to try to fit meaning into a set of numbers that you want to keep. It just, uh, it just feels squishy. Be be intentional. Be be specific about this. Let's go.
2: Can I say a couple pieces of that for sure? Okay, so I'm going to do teacher nerd moment. Oh yeah. Repetition is the mother of learning repetition is the mother of memory. You yes. want to memorize something, you want to put it in your heart, you're going to repeat it. Are some of those repetitions going to be vain? Possibly. Does God forgive us that because we're trying to do something good? I'm pretty sure he does. Romans 8 speaks of the Holy Spirit interceding for us when we don't know how to pray how we ought to because we're sinners. Um, <laughs> the number 10, people get so hungry.
0: So uh, again, real quickly, she's right. You you repeat something if you if you want to get better at it, whether this is exercise, whether it is memory. Uh, in the case of something that you already have memorized, maybe repetition helps you to, to concentrate on it. Um, if you want to say, well, I want to repeat these things to memorize them. Again, if you want to memorize the seven words of Christ on the cross or the seven last words of Christ on the cross or whatever, the way you memorize that is is by repeating them and, and going through. It's like flashcards or 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 whatever. But if you're just like repeating the same thing that you already have memorized over and over and over again, that benefit is not not there, or at least it's not there as strongly.
2: On the numbers and there's beautiful symbolism in that and christianity is filled with mystical symbolism you look at medieval art you look at modern stained glass there's symbols everywhere the colors that clothe christ in stained glass are deeply symbolic the holy trinity the threes everything is deeply symbolic and there's another point to this too if you are not investing the numbers with any symbolism this is a great anti-anxiety timer there's no alarm you're done when <laughs> you hit the last beat i mean yeah. it, it gives you a discrete unit of time that you're going to be spending doing something but it's also very flexible you know you yeah. can easily ask why are there 60 seconds in a minute why does it have to be 60 why does it have to be ten? It's like just a measurement. You yeah, know? you can invest as much or as little as you want into
0: it. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, if you want less time, use seven. I mean, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. Th- these are kind. Of, I don't know. The points kind of contradict each other. On one hand, it's like, well, it doesn't really mean anything. You can just do ten. You can do seven. You can do whatever. On the other hand, ten is a really important number, or this is a really important number. It's like, well, but p- p- you got to pick one, right? You can't say you can't just say, well, you know, it, it can mean nothing if you want it to, or it can mean anything if you want it to, or it can mean a specific thing if you want it to. It's like, well, no, don't just. Again, this is uh, this is how people fall into error and, and fall into abuse is is that they don't have the structure. Um, so again, pick a pick a lane, I guess. Let's go.
1: Yeah, if you if you uh, if you find an that adult. you can, yeah, yeah, you're an adult, you <laughs> can do it. Uh, like if you if you want to do
2: all fifty for one mystery, go for it. Oh my goodness! And there's so much benefit in that. You do not oh, have yeah. to switch. I mean, yeah. if you're if you really are agonizing over something and you want to focus on, say, Christ's agony in the garden and get Perfect. underneath that. Just everything that's impacted in that. Go ahead, meditate on it five times. It's yeah.
1: great. Yeah, and, and I I think I think you brought up a great point. It's a timer. And so the thing is the the saying the, the thing over and over until you until you finish. A, I don't know about anybody else, but I get really distracted. Um, you yeah. know, just praying the Jesus prayer over and over. I try to put it into practice just praying the Jesus prayer in my head, just to keep myself Christ Christ centered and Christ focused. But I get really distracted. Uh I, I I do this, I do YouTube, I I work, I, I do all this stuff, so I'm always on the move. <laughs> you know, I get really distracted. So and also, I don't have a lot of time to sit there and, and, and do it over and over and over and over and meditate on this mystery without doing other things. And so, A, this is keeping me grounded. These beads are keeping me grounded. But also, I know that that, that each of these is a fair amount of time, at least for me. Again, if you want to add more, you can. I mean, you're an adult. Um, if you want to add more, you can. But uh, I know that for me, and I know for a lot of people, as, as I, I've shown two testimonies about it, uh, this is a good amount of time for, for praying the rosary. And you can go as fast or as slow as you want. In my audio rosary, I tried to go pretty slow. I, I think I went, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that is one bead. And so, picture that 10 times. That's a fair amount of time. So imagine you're you're a working mom or, or you're a or you're a pastor uh, or you're like me and you're, and you're on your way to work I most of the time for my Lutheran nursery on the way to work I I I don't have I have about 20 minutes on my commute to work if I was to to, to just say one mystery and meditate on it and just do that the whole time to work A, I don't think I need that I don't think I need to sit there and say it 100 times just to meditate on one mystery I'm not one of those type of people um cuz I, I I drive and, and pray a lot so I don't, I don't I don't I think 10 is a good number for me um and and b there, there is something beautiful about the symbolism of ten. And so the number of beads. A, isn't dogmatic. I think a lot of people think that it's dogmatic. It's for ease of access, ease of use, and the beautiful symbolism behind it.
2: I got another question for you on that too, because I'm going to wrap myself out here. Even <laughs> with having my, my pacer here, my timer here, I will get so distracted in my prayers that I will either pray a bead twice mm-hmm. or I'll miss a bead. I mean, I, I haven't had any lightning strikes from praying the wrong number yet. Have you? No, I, I,
1: haven't, I haven't yet. Uh, I've actually one time. So... I wanna talk about about the Chalky a little bit, which or the orthodox prayer rope, whichever way you want to call it. Minus numbered, minus sectioned off. So I have I think this one's like 110 knots, and it's sectioned off by beats, which yeah. Yeah, normatively it was sectioned off by beats. And uh, I've I've prayed three decades of, of the Lutheran Rosary on this. One decade, one, one decade, and one decade, or or whatever you wanna call it. One one section, one mystery. And I haven't I have died. <laughs> uh, so it's not dogmatic, as as Rome likes to say. And as well, the historical basis behind is it is it about penance? No, it was it honestly it was never really about penance. And the no. only reason that it is penance now, uh sometimes, because my local Roman priest doesn't even use the rosary as penance. Um so if it is used as penance now, I mean that's a post Trent accretion.
2: It I is mean, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a pray your gospel vegetables, you heathen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like have you prayed your to rosary today? If not, you're going to hell. I'm like, okay, noted.
2: And yeah, no, there's no, kind no kind a lot of Mary all with that. Everything that's been added to it has been added despite the good bones. And we can't exactly. get caught up on what some people do. We have to evaluate things as they are being done in individual context. Generalizations don't suit anybody's purpose.
1: <laughs> very true. Very true. So uh, I think we've addressed a lot of my questions that I have written down here. Uh, but one of them I, I'd like to address. And I don't know if, I don't know if he's watching. Because uh, if, if you're watching, uh, Kevin, Kevin, if you're watching uh, Indig in my Discord server, uh, you did bring up something about a Lutheran brown scapular. So oh something <laughs> about this is, is saying, so the brown scapulars is associated with uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Uh, basically, she said a the actual scapular not not the devotional scapular that people wear if you wear this you will not suffer the fires of hell um and and it's a devotional practice done by roman catholics and so what's the difference from taking the lutheran rosary and are taking the roman rosary and purifying it with the gospel and going back to those bones versus uh, us taking a brown scapular and purifying it with lutheranism and and the gospel so do do you want to address it first
2: oh sure i'll sink my teeth into this one because marian apparitions are fun Well, Scripture speaks to us about spirits appearing and how we need to test them. And, well, how do you test them? You test them against Scripture. According to our confessions, Scripture is our only guide, rule, and norm. Yep. So when this apparition of a being who uses the name of Mary gives you instruction, you evaluate it against what Scripture says. And she says, you wear this pretty brown piece of fabric and you're golden. What did <laughs> Jesus say? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way the Father is through me. I'm sorry to go Sesame Street, but one of these things is not like the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, so
0: I like this Mrs. Schneider character here. You know, Pastor Schneider, wherever you are, if you hear this, you married a good one. Uh, she's, she's, got it, she's got it put together pretty solid. We've already addressed that the
1: apparition that, that happened to St. Dominic, or the supposed apparition, probably isn't real. I, I mean, there's no historical basis. Most Romanists, I actually, I have a Roman, I have, hold on, let me cook, hold on, I have something. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot about this, hold on. Um, where is it? it? It was something here. Oh, do I not have it anymore? Oh, no. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Okay, here it is, here it is. So, uh, New Advent is a Romanist uh, website. I, 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 think, I think a lot of people know new advent uh they're well known of, of changing a few father search father quotes but anyways uh we can get we can get past that but they talk about uh i don't know how to say his name <laughs> De okay thank you thank you uh so i think what, yeah yeah uh so what's perfect here is we cannot say that 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 the, the the apparition that happened to dominic is true because this is a roman website and it says that it's not true so uh Ooh. where is it where is it where is
2: it okay i was a little torn over this when you listen to the different rosary it's apologetic true. priests
1: supposed <laughs> to have been revealed to to alanis uh are not to be regarded as historical
2: so, well, that's because so much of the history has been coming out. It's kind of hard to argue when you have printed materials in a museum that are in blatant contradiction to what the church has been saying for the last 500 years. Yeah, yeah, history yeah. is a stinker. It's yeah, a same
1: thing with Genesis 2 and Mary crushing the serpent. Anyways,
2: oh. I, 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 digress. <laughs> I digress. Anyways, so, within this, we, we can't even know if
1: this, there, there's some saying that it's purely historical. There's some Roman sources saying that it's not even historical. Now, oh, yeah. we can understand that it's probably not historical. Uh, you know, it's very, very, if we take a historical mind behind this, it's not historical. Uh, unbiased historical mind, it is not historical. So, A, we don't even have to take the apparition in, into account. It's no. not historical. And so the problem with the brown scapular, there was no practice of this brown scapular before the apparition of Mary, or Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a practice of counting your prayers. There was a practice of meditating on the gospel, everything before this supposed apparition. And so there is a major difference in taking a brown scapular, which has no other use other than a get-out-of-jail-free card, versus taking prayer beads and making it useful. And so I don't understand this, this logic here. Uh, and if Kevin is, a- So, uh,
0: I mean, and, and, and to his defense is likely what he meant, is, is that you've got, you're not taking you know the starting point is not a roman catholic post trent marian rosary and you're trying to take that that has always been used for for bad reasons and trying to find a way to try to make it good um as is done unfortunately this is you know unfortunately with a lot of kind of pagan uh pagan whitewashing kind of thing this happened uh this happened in south america for example but this happens all, all over the place and and with, the, with the, it was it was it was it was beads, it was counting rocks. it was this this idea of a meditative contemplative practice, a a, a tool developed by men to to help with their prayer and their meditation uh, life um as opposed to the the scapular, which is was never used as a tool for prayer or meditation, but was always used as a rabbit's foot, a good luck charm, a uh, magical get out of fr- uh, hell-free card. So yeah, this is,
1: yeah. Here, he might be still asleep. Uh, no offense, Kevin. Um, so I don't understand this logic here. Um, if you want to talk about it a little bit more, we, we can. Uh, but I, I think the logic is just very flawed.
2: The logic is very flawed, and you're, you're imposing the Catholic imagination on a Lutheran practice. And because the rosary is so exclusively Catholic, I'll, gi- I'll give people
0: that out. Just, I, I, I feel like I have to clarify this. Um, he's not talking about me. He's, he's talking. There's another Lutheran that he's that he's talking to. I'm not the Kevin who brings up a scapulish. Um I, I pick fights with Brother Logan, but it's it's... I haven't used that particular line.
2: You know, you are so used to hearing the rosary in terms of Catholics. It's not been commonly talked about in Lutheran circles. It's not something common enough that every parish has a group of people to get together and pray this. In the Catholic usage, a rosary is what's called a sacramental, which is to say it is a vessel of mercy, of grace, of virtue. This is kind of a spiritual battery. It has its own mojo to it. And so even just wearing or carrying your your rosary can have certain indulgences, certain other benefits attached to it. And there's no Lutheran I know that prays any sort of beads that attaches any virtue to the item other than, dude, I tied that knot really good. This is a really solidly made rosary.
0: Well, I I mean, ideally, yes, you, Lutherans shouldn't be having this thing where they're believing that, oh, you handled the the crucifix, uh, you know, or you handled the the rosary in an improper manner. You shouldn't have been holding it in such a way or whatever. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's not a sacramental. She's talking about these things, these sacramentals and, and the rosary is one of them. Another one of them is miraculous medals. Another one of them is the the brown scapular, uh, all, all these different things, these ideas where you have uh, like these relics or these special things that are not instituted by Christ, not instituted by God, that have this, uh, you know, she says mojo, and I agree with that. They have this sort of magical, mystical property that you have to touch them and adore them in such a right way and the right icon and the right candles and the right, you know, whatever. And and a lot of times there are these ritualistic practices that are associated with them because people want an, a thing to do a thing to hold, to physically touch, to be more holy themselves. They're not satisfied with baptism and Lord's Supper doing these things for them, but they want, you know, for, and again, my, my fear for Lutherans who don't understand, um, a proper way to pray a rosary in a beneficial way, they may take the Roman Catholic understanding, the Roman Catholic approach to it of saying, well, I'm carrying around a rosary that's going to protect me from vampires. Or, you know, whatever, like there's like, or I, you know, I have a rosary on me at all times. So, like, well, Cool. <laughs> you know, or, or counting the beads, or something like that, or something about going through the physical motions, or something about looking a specific way, looking like you're the, you know, the pious praying person, or or, or whatever. Now, again, this isn't an accusation of everybody who prays the Lutheran Rosary, but this is a fear that I'm sure that we would all three of us share. Um, that if somebody is doing that, then they are doing something improper, and they're doing things for the wrong reasons that could hurt them, or it already is hurting them.
2: This is getting some heavy-duty spiritual devotion going. Okay. No I mean, that's about as good as yep. it gets. <laughs> it survived a month in my purse. Hey, that's awesome.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm <laughs> wearing the rosary. I, I have one that I wear uh, constantly. So, mm-hmm. why? Is it for the Roman reason? No. Uh, because I'm very forgetful. I have uh, I have pretty bad short-term memory loss a lot of the time, uh, and so and so I forget this a lot. I keep one in my car normally. I have it out here right now. Uh, I normally keep one in my car, but if I'm at work, I, I have been in this situation. I've I've been very uh, spiritually distressed, uh, mentally distressed, and I was at work. Not this one. It was a different one that I had, but it broke sadly. Um, I was very mentally and spiritually distressed, so I took this off of my wrist. And I prayed the Lutheran rosary with this. Yeah. And that's what this is used for. Now, I can cut this up right now and not care. This is just yeah. something that I've made. The only reason that I'll care is because like, it took me about 30 minutes to make this, and I don't want to do that again. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing holy about this. Yeah. There's nothing holy about this. there. Now, I, I'm going to piss off a lot of Romanists. I bless this the same way that Jesus blessed children and blessed items and blessed things. I bless this there's,
0: as, as, there's a no as a priesthood.
2: spiritual priesthood.
1: Yeah, and, this, and that's what that is. That's, what, that's all that blessing is. And so there's nothing holy.
0: Well. Blessing inanimate objects is... Um is an interesting topic because as, as LCMS Lutherans will say, well, we don't do that. And then and you open up the LCMS, uh, the LSB lectionary, and there's like the blessing of the bells, the blessing of the organ, that sort of thing. I had, a, I had uh, as a chaplain, I'm not a Roman Catholic, but I had a Roman Catholic person come up to me because I'm one of the only chaplains who apparently takes this stuff, uh, all this Bible stuff so seriously, uh, and, and is willing to talk to him. He's a Marine. I'm, I'm a Marine. That's a sort of he wasn't going to talk to any non-Marine about this stuff, but he comes up to me and he's got this, this rosary. Um, and he, and he wants me to bless his rosary. Um, uh, because the rosaries are usually blessed by, you know, whatever organization or, or priest or whoever. Um, and I had, I had a couple of options there. One, I could pretend to be a Roman Catholic and bless, bless the rosary. Uh, two, I could tell him, no, I'm not going to bless your inanimate object uh, or three I could say a blessing for him. I could say, you know, for example, like a house blessing or something like that, you know, bless everybody who dwells in this house. Well, I'm asking God to, well, I'm not asking. I, I am. God is blessing everybody who dwells in this, who dwells in the house. The house itself is not being blessed. So in, in, in the case of a rosary, if you want to, and, and the word consecrate is often used. That means to to set aside, uh, set aside for holy use. It doesn't make the object holy. If you, if you set aside water to be used for baptism, uh, if you it, um, that doesn't necessarily make the water itself holy, but it's it, God works through in and with the water. The Lord's Supper, that specific consecration is is different. That's unique. That's uh, not done with any other object in in all of Scripture. Um, you know, this is my body and this is my blood. Never is said about any other object uh, <laughs> in, in in Scripture. In the case of like a rosary or or if somebody's got a Bible, if somebody's got a, a cross, if they've got a tattoo. You could say, you could very well say, God, please bless the, you know, the, the wearer of this cross. Not that the cross is the one blessing. God is one blessing, and the blessing is being directed at the individual, but you're indicating who by pointing to the cross. So, yep.
1: About this object, <laughs> there no Lutheran that I've heard, and my, my pastor is supportive of the Lutheran rosary, uh, uh, he's, he, we've talked about it many times, as my <laughs> spiritual father and as my spiritual guide, he understands my reasoning behind it and why I'm so, why I'm so for it, uh. I, I've given him many Lutheran rosaries. His wife, I've given his wife many, and he understands. And no Lutheran that I've seen pray the Lutheran rosary has said, "Oh, now this is going to get me out of out of hell." And and actually, it- well,
0: I have not seen anybody either who says, "You know, this this Lutheran rosary is going to get me out of hell." But I have encountered people who who believe that just the rosary itself is pious. They don't see it as a useful tool. They could, I mean, they've got a. They've got a prayer app on their phone that could serve them much better than the rosary could uh, in their specific circumstance. But for them, it's that they have this object, and this is what pious people carry with them, and this is what pious people pray with, and this is what pious people you know have on their wrist or have around their neck or tied around their belt loop or around their cincture or whatever. So there, there are those who would abuse any physical object used as a tool. So as, as a Lutheran, you have to be specific and you have to be explicit about this as a tool used to accomplish this purpose. This is not, as some others use it, merely an indicator of piousness or something that delivers that, you know, that, that piousness, that holiness that some seek.
1: My Lutheran Rosary Explained video, I say that this means nothing for God. Yeah. God does not need this. God does not need this. God does not need this. Yep. God God wants faith and faith alone. And so what is this for? This is for us. This is for us to realize how close we are to God, realize how much how much God has given us. And God uh, body and soul. Exactly. And so we must we must understand that, that the Lutheran Rosary, all in all, uh is about us trying to trying to wrap our very dumb human brains around the graces that God has given us and, and the multitude of help that He helps us with.
2: Oh, and when you sit with scripture and you're sitting there praying and it's just you and the Word of God and you are confronted with your own ugliness oh and my God's God. amazing grace and mercy. It's just it slaughters me again and again and again. And there's parts of me that are like, "Oh no, today's Friday. I have to pray the sorrowful mysteries. That's not going to be a happy time." But you know what? Afterwards, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, look at what Christ has done for us."
1: So I, just- I have a practice of of at the end of each decade. Sometimes, if I remember to, again, I have a terrible memory. If I remember to, I I take what I've meditated on and just pray, just pray a prayer that I oh. think of, like uh like today on the sorrowful mysteries, I might pray, where God, I I thank you for 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 the agony that you that you felt in my behalf, on my behalf, and for dying and rising again uh for me." And then I go on to the next mystery, and I do that at the end of every mystery. That's a beautiful practice, and that that's a beautiful thing to do. And I recommend.
0: That's actually that's that's a really good idea. So. I'm going to add that to my list as well. If you've got, so for example, if you're contemplating a mystery, uh, let's see, pray about mystery. So if you've got a, uh, if you're reading a Bible story about Jesus feeding the 5,000 or something like that, challenge, and, and, and let's say you've got three beads, you could challenge yourself to say, well, let me come up with three things that I can pray regarding. The feeding of the five thousand. Thank you, God, for giving me, you know, my, my daily bread, and uh, thank you, God, for being so generous that you give to so many people. that, You know, the baskets are, you know, you have all these full baskets that you give more than enough. And then, please, God, please continue to provide. Those are three prayers off the top of my head, just based on on a mystery. Um, so, using using the contemplation of uh, a Bible passage, uh, something that happened in in Scripture, using that to uh, to remember or to come up with things to pray about, to pray, praise, and give thanks. Yeah, I could see that being a very useful, a very useful practice.
1: And anybody does that. And uh, I might add it to a different form. I might make a few more forms just to, like, insert your own prayer here, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I do want to oh, announce yeah. a few things about my Lutheran rosary, uh, the new things that are going to come out. But uh, I, I think that that's a beautiful thing. And again, it's not super, the, the rhetoric that I have is, is just a basic form, uh, and it is just a recommendation and what's worked for me.
2: Yeah, and the version that I do is very similar, but also likewise, just a little bit different. And we all come to it from kind of a different angle. And because it's not institutionalized, and because we have that freedom in the gospel as Christians, we get to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I want to announce real quickly before I get to a little bit of a question and answers with these last 10 minutes that we have. Uh, So I want to announce that I am going to be working on a scriptural Lutheran rosary. Uh, If you don't know what a scriptural rosary is, it means that you have uh, passages of scripture that you read alongside the mysteries. And Rome has their version of it. I don't know how they get the scripture for Mary's Assumption and Mary's (laughs) Coronation. Hey, if they give me that, (laughs) hey, (laughs) give me those verses. I want to see them.
2: Um, I've got them right here, by the way. If you want to really? talk about them after the show, yeah, this is like, my best Catholic friend gave me this years ago, and it's the scriptural rosary, and I still use it for most Ooh, of uh, for most of my devotions, except for those last two.
1: Yeah, no, I I want to I want to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going to be making one. Uh, it probably will use the same scripture because uh, as most of the rosaries except the last two, and I will find uh, good scriptures for them, and I'll probably make an audio rosary for it as well. Um, I think that it's a, I think that it's a good practice to to do. Um, ultimately, what we are doing within the Lutheran rosary is scripture. It's focusing on scripture and what God has done to us, done to us, done for us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, done to us too. He's changed us. Uh, done for us. That heart of stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, done, done for us through the mysteries of the gospel. And so with that, if anybody has any questions uh, about the Lutheran Rosary, about any announcements that we're doing uh, as well, I, I want to address that Amy does have a Facebook group about the Lutheran Rosary. It's in the link. In the, it, there's a link in the description if you'd like to join, if you have Facebook. Um, I, I will be it's posting. It's
2: not really active yet. We just got going. <laughs> I, I will be
1: posting. I will be posting new Rosary updates within there uh, as well as in my discord. Uh, you'll get free. Uh, you'll get free early updates if you subscribe to Patreon. Uh, but anyways, but if you if you guys have any questions and uh, any critiques, any problems with the with the Lutheran rosary, anything at all, please leave them in the comments, uh, the comment section right now, and me or Miss Andy will address them. Um, but whilst we get these questions rolling in, uh, I, I I you want to go ahead and read off the, the two scriptural things that they have for the for the Roman rosary because I actually want to hear them.
2: <laughs> oh oh yes yes for,
1: two, for the last two glorious mysteries
2: for the last two glorious mysteries, and it's. <laughs> you're looking at them you can kind of understand the logic but it's it's just a bit of a stretch okay so it's got 10 different verses you know for the 10 different beats and i'm not sure if it's song of Sol- uh, song of songs or from the Apoc. i think it's Song of songs actually it's come then my love my lovely one come for see, winter is past the rains are gone show me your face let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is beautiful and then they jump to revelation the sanctuary <laughs> of god in heaven is open then came flashes of lightning and peals of thunder and you can see it's not actually describing mary being assumed to heaven <laughs> it's all these other things that have been used to support it and it's it's I always say this wrong. I'm sorry, my love. It's, it's isogesis of the worst sort. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's right. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you can't dust me on that one. The fifth glorious mystery, the coronation. Okay, they've got a lot from Sirach, P- from of Proverbs. Course. And they always go to Revelation. The one both in the sun, with her feet resting on the moon, and the crown of 12 stars on her head.
1: You know, and, I, I don't understand how they get the crown of 12 stars, and they're like, oh, queenship. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Cooper put a good video out on, on Revelation twelve being about Mary, uh, and and he was like he was like yeah I mean I I'm okay with you saying it's Mary just Mary being embodied as Israel. And I'm like
2: fair enough <laughs> you know, that, that's the point. because they invest so much in this woman who actually lived this historical woman, and they forget that there's also the typology of the scriptures. there her as the uh, New Ark of the Covenant in carrying the Word, in residing with Elizabeth for three months, and John da- John leaping in the womb like David danced before the Ark. Yeah. You know she is the mother of the church and that she's the mother of our Lord. She is a type of New Eve in the Eve's disobedience and her obedience. I mean, there's all this typology, but they get so lost in her that they lost the symbolism that she's conveying.
1: Yeah, it's
2: they're yeah. missing the forest with the trees in a lot of ways, and there's so much richness and beauty in that.
1: As as the as the kids say nowadays, they get lost in the sauce. <laughs> oh man, uh, did you disconnect? Let's see. There, there seems to be a little bit of a connection connection yeah? issue. But with that, no, you didn't disconnect. I don't think so. There you go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it just kind of stuttered a little bit.
2: But uh, it Poor doesn't isn't seem like have... valley.
1: <laughs> it doesn't seem like we have too many questions. Uh, or any questions. Maybe we did a good job explaining it. Uh, Pat, <laughs> Pat, on, Pat on our back. Uh,
2: <laughs> there may be fallout later. Don't don't <laughs> congratulate ourselves too soon.
1: That's that's very true. That the... <laughs> Okay. Um. So. With that, uh, do you have any social medias? I have a few social, a few of your socials within the description. Uh, do you have any social medias that you'd like to shout out before we put an ending to this great discussion?
2: Um, just my Lutheran Rosary group. It's called a Lutheran Rosary. It's on Facebook. Um, I've got my art page, eight Day Arts. That's also on Instagram. That's where I showcase. General.
1: Ooh. Oh, I believe you cut out there. uh Oh, well. Um, ooh. Yeah, you cutting in and out here? Oh, there we go. I, I go. don't just make. Ooh, once again. Uh, For
2: actually, on the wall to remind us to pray without season.
1: All right, well, we got a little bit of that at the end there. It did cut out a little bit. Um, but everything that she <laughs> said is that. in the description. Everything that, is in, that she said <laughs> is in the description. And so if you have any questions uh, about the Lutheran Rosary, please i uh, have my email. Uh, ask Miss Amy and her group. Let's see. And so I hope you guys oh, uh, enjoyed this stream. And Miss Amy had to step out because <laughs> the, the the connection. But uh, yeah, this was just a great discussion. And I hope everyone uh, can understand where the Lutheran Rosary is coming from and uh, where
0: the, the beauty of the Lutheran Rosary comes from and the historical aspect of it and why we do the things that we do. All right, so that was you know that was wonderful. Um, they got into a lot of kind of the explanation of the history behind it. Uh, we got, I mean, through these through this journey that maybe you've been traveling with me about learning about the the, the rosary, the Lutheran rosary, the, the different traditions of the rosary. Uh, there's a lot of information that's kind of come out that's you know it's really fantastic to know. There's a lot of uh, pitfalls to beware of falling into, and and uh, these two kind of explained a lot of the pitfalls that. You know, many people in Rome have fallen into with the abuses. Uh, but then just because somebody's fallen into a pitfall doesn't mean that you necessarily can't travel that road. You just have to be careful not to fall into the same hole. In any case, I think this was wonderful. I think this was a lot of really good information. Again, couple this together with the information that I got from, uh, from Jay Coop's video back in the day, uh, from Pastor uh, Pastor Connor's video as well and from the conversations that I've had with with people who are willing to discuss this with me, I, I think I've got a pretty good foundation of, if we're going to do something like this, if we're going to pray something, again, from what I learned from a, a previous video was that this Lutheran rosary idea, this only started in like the 1970s. We don't have to say, well, this is a, you know, an old ancient tradition. It's like, well, no, not really. It's like Seminex era. Um, it, you know, <laughs> this is the, when all the cont- contemporary music came in, you know, you know, these people came up with these ideas as well. Uh, but, if we're going to develop something, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we go full bore on it? We don't have to stick to the, you know, the Roman Catholic configuration just because it's the most widely available. Why don't we make something better? And why don't we make that widely available and affordable and customizable and specific to, you know, to, to help you with, with those needs. And I think if we do that, we can avoid many of the pitfalls of people thinking, well, you know, this is one of those mass produced, um, uh, Sacramentals or or you know something like that the the error of the Romanists is you know feeling okay well, this is a holy object that I need to carry around with me well no if your if your prayer chain is unique to you and specific to you and has a specific use for you, it might be easier to avoid that that you know that temptation of saying, well this is a a, a sacred holy object that I need to you know <laughs> that, that, that blesses me rather than trusting in Christ for. For my salvation and for my blessing. In any case, again, thank you so much for for Brother Logan and for Mrs. Schneider for putting out this information. Um, and uh, thank you for allowing me to use some of some of your content to to learn from and to develop my own sort of idea of, of what's going on. Again, go check out their go check out the channel down there. Go check out the Facebook group that uh, Mrs. Schneider mentioned. Um, links and everything are in the description below. God bless you and take care.